sleep, labs, and recommendations. Welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast, where we bring you the scientific and daily application of living the ketogenic lifestyle. We have helped hundreds reach their weight loss and health goals, but this is far more than that. We want to help you create real life change so that you can live the life God created you for. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin and Danae Davis. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, another episode of Our Ketogenic Life, and we are going to wrap up November Sleep Challenge with some labs and recommendations. Uh, certain things that uh, we recommend you uh, get as far as labs, um, you know, if you're having problems with sleeping, and then we're going to go over um, twelve uh, recommendations, including some supplements and that. That will help get you on your way uh, to sleeping better. But I want to just pull, uh, point out, I just want you to remember, uh, we are in the process of making some changes here. Uh, we are going from just a direct uh, ketogenic site uh, to more of a whole person site. And what I mean by that is using more of a functional medicine approach so that uh, we can help uh, the entire body as far as like sleep, exercise, uh, prayer, as well as diet. You know, that's always going to be in there. And uh, we're going to recommend uh, ketogenic for a lot of folks. Um, but we realize that everybody's different. And sometimes we have to make little changes, little adjustments in uh, each person. And, you know, that's where we're going with that. And uh, we also have a new book coming out, hopefully be uh, sometime um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, as soon as he gets back from the editor and we'll get it all ready. But uh, if you're interested in the book, uh, you know, let me know and uh, I'll get your information and I will be able to get that uh, uh, information to you when the book comes out so you can uh, get a jump start on your health, especially for the new year upcoming. So today we're going to talk about uh, some labs um, that we're going to uh, recommend, uh, especially if you're having problems sleeping, especially after you follow our recommendations. Uh, now, would I jump in and doing the labs right away? Probably not. Uh, I'd probably try to go through these steps that we're going to end up with uh, on this podcast today. If you're still having problems sleeping, that's when you need to kind of look at as far as uh, getting more extensive uh, studies into why you're not being able to sleep. You know, we've talked about your cycles of sleep. We've talked about light. We've talked about food so far. So today we're going to kind of condense uh, the whole kind of sleep into one podcast and you know there's whole books written on the sleep on sleep so uh, we're going to condense this in a 20 or 30 minute podcast so there's a lot more information a lot more detailed and if you are having problems that's when we want you to reach out to us and um, uh, we'll see what we can do to help so four things that I want you to talk, uh, think about as far as getting labs or testing uh, for sleep apnea. The first one is pretty much the easiest to do is just getting some uh, blood work, you know, checking your blood count. Uh, you know, if you're a CBC, uh, that's when uh, you're able to tell if you're anemic or not, for instance. Uh, if your uh, red blood cells are elevated, uh, it's something called polycythemia. And uh, that can lead uh, to uh, uh, 
you know, I, um, clues to something else that may be going on, uh, such as sleep apnea, and that's just something we're going to talk about next. But getting just a simple blood test can kind of give you some clues there. You know, checking your thyroid out. Uh, thyroid is your one of your master hormones, so uh, making sure that that's okay. And then also getting something called your CRP, your C-reactive protein. Now, that is uh, measures inflammation, and if you've listened to our podcast in the, in the past, you know, inflammation is a, is a driver for chronic disease and if you're having inflammation it may be interrupting your sleep which can lead to chronic disease so it's important to get that test uh, the next test uh, that, that uh, is to be considered is a sleep study. Now, we mentioned that before. You know, if you have uh, thick, uh, more of a, a thicker blood when you have polycythemia, uh, it can be uh, due to your body not getting the oxygen that it needs. So, you know, if you uh, snore, uh, you know, if your spouse tells you that, you know, uh, you startle them during the night or they think that you're quit breathing during the night, uh, if you're having headaches, headaches is a, is a very common uh, presentation for uh, sleep apnea. You know, if you're waking up tired, you know, if you um, are supposedly getting uh, eight hours of sleep, but you keep waking up tired, it could be you're just not getting a very restful sleep. Uh, if you're having to take daytime naps, if you're tired, fatigue, you know, that may be something that needs to be done. Now, a lot of people don't want to do a sleep study because they don't want to wear a CPAP uh, because they've heard, the, uh, you know, you have to wear this machine at nighttime and things like that. But most of my uh, patients who have uh, been diagnosed with sleep apnea and once they get treated and they start feeling better, they don't want to go without the CPAP. You know, it's one of those things they take on vacation, they take wherever they want to go because they do not want to feel bad. So don't let that be a deterrent as far as you getting this uh, study done. Now, the next two things is kind of like what we do mostly uh, <clears throat> for our online clients. It's a little bit more in depth. And sometimes, you know, insurances don't cover these two tests. And what the first one is called a Dutch test. It's a, a dried urine uh, hormone test. And uh, what it does is it shows your your uh, your hormones, like your male and female hormones. But it also so shows something like melatonin, and it also shows uh, cortisol. So the test, that the way that the, the, the reason this test is so beneficial is because it gives you a pattern of your cortisol. And we're going to talk about recommendations as far as getting out, you know, getting daylight. Uh, uh, first thing in the morning going for a walk but there's something called a cortisol awakening response and uh, for instance when you first wake up your cortisol is at a level but then 30 minutes is supposed to spike and that first 30 minutes that's the highest it's supposed to be all day long and then gradually it decreases uh, throughout the day throughout the night and then repeats that process again so if you have an abnormal cortisol awakening response, it's called a CAR. That's what the letters stand for. Uh, it could be too high. It could be too low. And there's different treatments for each one of them. But it can affect your sleep. It can affect your circadian rhythm. So it's important to get that. And then um, the other thing that it checks is if you wake up during the nighttime, it can check your cortisol level. Now, your cortisol level, like I said, is supposed to be going down, you know, from that 30 minutes right after you wake and then until the next day. Some people wake up to three o'clock in the morning and you know what happens is your cortisol spikes. Uh, and I've had that uh, happen actually this week and one of my clients and it shows them that they have a elevated cortisol. They have increased stress in their body for some reason 
at two or three o'clock in the morning. And that is the reason why they were uh, waking up. Now, this person uh, had been taking supplements, had been trying to do things on her own. And, you know, that's, that's a great start. But she comes to the point where, you know, she was trying everything that she knew, everything she could read online, but it could not figure out why she kept waking up during the nighttime. So just getting this test actually shows her that for some reason her body's getting stressed. Now, it could be a a GI problem, and that's something we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, It could be emotional stress. It could be the stress of the day. It could be, you know, worrying. So then we have to figure out why that's happening. So sometimes it it can be easy. Uh, And with some of the recommendations we're going to talk about in a second, you may just follow a couple of them, and you may sleep wonderful, and that's great. But if you're someone who goes through all our recommendations and you're still having problems, that's when I think you need to kind of look out for some more specialized testing to be done. Now, I mentioned, uh, you know, the increased um, uh, cortisol at nighttime. Now, one of the reasons it can be is your GI system. GI, you you know, the more I do this, the more I figure out, you know, so many things start in your GI tract. And I think what happens over time is we have a poor diet, we have poor exercise, we have toxins in our environment and things like that. And it kind of disrupts our GI pattern. And uh, your body can compensate for a while, but then it gets to the point where it gets overwhelmed and then you start having some physical symptoms from it. So, you know, one thing that we mentioned about uh, uh, getting was your lab work, your CRP, your inflammation test. And if you can't find a source for your inflammation, it may be in your gut. And that's when you need to kind of look at uh, doing some more specialized testing to figure out if that's the reason why you're having the problem. Now, in your gut, you know, it could be a dysbiosis. It could be a bacteria problem. Uh, you could have parasites. Um, uh, you could have uh, your lining of your intestinal wall be inflamed and uh, broken down, and that's letting things in to your body that it should be letting in, and that is causing inflammation. So there's different reasons even within your GI tract that can cause symptoms. So that's when you kind of have to start testing and not guessing. So right now we're going to talk about uh, switch it up and talk about some tips. Um, now these tips are uh, some of them are very easy to do um, uh, for some people and some pe- people it's a little bit more difficult. But what I want you uh, to do is try to begin with number one and then go through these steps if you're having problems sleeping. Uh, the first thing is to realize your nighttime routine begins first thing in the morning. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, if you're having trouble going to sleep or staying asleep, first thing in the morning, what you need to do is get up. You need to walk uh, 10 minutes in, in bright uh, in, in sunlight if you can. Now, I know the sun's coming up and it's wintertime. This is in November 2021 right now. And, you know, uh, the sun is coming up later. Uh, so sometimes you have to get some artificial light, uh, but we've talked about light on a podcast and you go back and l- listen to that. But it's important that you try to get as much light as you can in the beginning to set up your nighttime routine. Uh, second thing is caffeine. Uh, now, caffeine can be uh, detrimental to some people and some people it doesn't affect. Now, uh, you can do it by trial and error. You can try uh, quitting caffeine uh, earlier and earlier. Uh, one thing that I recommend is trying to get your genetics tested. Uh, there are certain genes as far as the way you metabolize uh, caffeine. and It can kind of give you an idea as far as, you know, are you a fast metabolizer or are you a slow metabolizer? And uh, that can give you a clue 
as far as when you need to kind of cut off the caffeine. Me personally, uh, we uh, cut off our caffeine, me and my wife, uh, usually around five. It was funny last night, uh, we were out to dinner and, um, you know, we don't drink alcohol, but, uh, there was uh, people, you know, ordering alcohol around us and things like that and uh, at, at other tables. And um, we made the comment that, you know, um, people are, you know, they, they, they think about alcohol as far as, you know, uh, drinking it, you know, whether they should be drinking or not. You know, we're at the point is like we're asking ourselves, should we be drinking caffeine? It's just it was just funny as far as like the uh, different uh, mindset uh, that uh, some people have. Anyway, number three, uh, no napping. Uh, so uh, if you're having trouble sleeping, uh, then trying to not take any naps during the day, even if you didn't have a good night's rest the night before, try not to nap. Uh, you know, that can mess up your uh, your circadian rhythm. Uh, there's a thing called adenosine, which uh, builds up uh, over the night or over the daytime that makes you more sleepy. Now, some people uh, really love to take power naps, and I've talked to people about that, and they feel so much better doing it. Uh, I don't know all their history as far as, you know, do they have sleep apnea and things like that, Do uh, as far as, like, they're making them tired during the day. But they feel so better, so much better just by taking a power nap. And they even talk about not really actually taking a nap, but just taking uh, time and closing your eyes, setting a timer, and uh, getting up. And they do really well with that. So there's different things that can help different people. But if you're having trouble sleeping, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this at this time. Uh, number four, be consistent. You know, as far as like your uh, times to go to bed and times to get up, even on weekends, if you can keep that within 30 to 60 minutes, uh, you're going to find it much better as far as being a consistent sleeper. You know, so many times on the weekends, we, we try to make up our sleep. And that usually doesn't work well um, as far as uh, us trying to be consistent in getting a, a good night's rest every night. You know, we may feel better that day, but then come Monday morning, you know, we may be uh, more tired because we couldn't go to sleep Sunday night. So then it starts the whole pattern again. So if you're having trouble sleeping, try to be consistent with it, especially at the beginning. Uh, number five, uh, no alcohol. Um, now, we've talked about that on the previous podcast. And uh, one of the things that uh, alcohol does is it increases your GABA, which is your relaxation uh, hormone, and you're able to go to sleep. But the problem is uh, over uh, night's time, that kind of wears off. And there's another um, a neurotransmitter called glutamate uh, that increases. So think of this as a seesaw. Uh, GABA on one side, glutamate on the other. Uh, if you drink alcohol, your glutamate goes up. So the seesaw goes up on the, on the uh, GABA side. But over time, uh, the GABA wears off, it sinks down, and then the glutamate goes up. And that usually happens uh, during the nighttime. So uh, that's why sometimes with uh, people with uh, drinking alcohol is they have uh, not very restful sleep because their excitatory hormone goes up. So it's important that you know that there's some physiology behind that. And if you're using alcohol to help you sleep, you're not going to get the results that you want to get. And number six, uh, exercise. You know, exercise is so important to your overall health, um, not only you know, mentally, but also physically. And it helps your body, uh, uh, you know, use some of the energy that it, that it has. And uh, if you're exercising on a consistent basis, you're going to find the benefits from exercise as far as increasing your sleep. 
Now, some people asked, should I exercise in the morning? Should I exercise in the evening? A lot of that depends on your schedule. Uh, like for me, for instance, you know, with my schedule, uh, exercising in the morning is is the best time. Uh, that's the easiest time I can fit it in. I like exercising in the afternoon. I used to do it at lunchtime every day, every day, and I like doing that. But now that I've exercised in the morning for over two, three, over a couple of years now, um, uh, I feel so much better. Um, if you're exercising in the evening and you're having trouble sleeping, uh, then you know that's something that you may need to switch to the morning routine. Uh, I, I cannot exercise at nighttime. If I try to do exercising at six or seven o'clock in the evening, I cannot sleep. Um, but I go to bed, you know, right now, nine, nine o'clock usually. So I can't exercise that late uh, because I feel so amped up and I can't get to sleep. So if you're having problems sleeping uh, and you are exercising, try at different times. Try switching it to a morning routine and see if that helps. Now, the next three things we're going to talk about is a routine that you can do at nighttime. <clears throat> now, first thing is no eating three hours before bed. Uh, that would be number seven. Number eight, no light, uh, blue light, blue lights, uh, two hours before bed. And number nine is prayer uh, or meditate 30 minutes before you go to bed. So if you want a routine as far as like getting um, a more restful sleep, especially going to sleep, say you're going to bed at 10 o'clock. So at, at 7 o'clock, uh, after 7 o'clock, no eating. Uh, and that's not no snacking or nothing. So uh, 8 o'clock, no uh, lights after 8 o'clock. Uh, you know, watching TV is probably okay, but get off your screens. If you do have to get on your screens for some reason, you know, use the blue blockers uh, glasses. And then 30 minutes, so at 9.30, you're going to you're going to you're going to go pray or uh, you're going to go pray and uh, meditate and uh, use some breathing techniques at that time as well, too, because what you want to do is put yourself in a more a or a parasympathetic uh, mode, which is a rest and relaxation mode. So you want to get away from the stress of the day, which is just sympathetic. That's a fight or flight uh, system and kind of put yourself more in a parasympathetic mode. And that's going to help you kind of prepare yourself to go to bed. So. Uh, <clears throat> You know, we started in the morning as far as, uh, you know, getting up and walking and ex exposure to light. And we're going to end it with these three things during the daytime. So when you're, uh, so it's uh, 930 and you're, um, you're, you're doing your prayer, you're doing your meditation. Then make sure, number 10, make sure you have a cool, dark room. Uh, now, I like personally having a temperature around 66 degrees. And we use a weighted blanket, uh, and that seems to help a whole lot. You know, I found that when I go uh, away from home and I do not have a weighted blanket, it makes a difference on my sleep. So for me personally, I, I like to have a temperature around 66 and have a weighted blanket. And usually uh, in the in the mid to mid to upper 60s is usually where people sleep better as far as the studies have been shown. So you're going to have to play around with the thermostat, see what's, what works best for you and also your spouse if you're married so that you guys can have a good night's rest.
Number 11 is uh, get tested. Now, we've went through 10 things as far as like trying to help you uh, get get a good night's rest. You know, go through these 10 things. You know, you do every one of them before you really start testing because there may be something simple that you can do at home. But if you get to the point where uh, you've done these 10 things, you're still not sleeping, then you still need to start looking for uh, some testing to be done. And the testing we talked about was the ones that uh, include the blood work, the sleep study, uh, the Dutch test, which is the hormone test, and the GI stool test. And then that may give you some clues as far as what's going on with your specific situation as far as not allowing you to sleep as well as you should. Now, I wanted to end this, uh, number 12 was your sup- was supplements. And I wanted to end it with the uh, supplements because, you know, I, I don't think that you need just to start uh, looking for a pill uh, to cure your problem. Now, there may be some things that we talk about that you may be deficient in. And it's going to be beneficial not just for sleep, but for other uh, reactions in your body to uh, uh, function at an optimal level. Because I take supplements as well, too. I don't take anything for sleep, but I take supplements for other things. So I think supplements have its place. I think that they're good, but I think you need to kind of... um, be consistent with all the other things that you can do as far as your lifestyle. And then if those things don't work, then use the supplements. And, and that's what it means. It's supplementing your lifestyle. It's not the main treatment. So the first thing, and it's probably beneficial for most people, not just for sleep, but for other things, is magnesium. Uh, magnesium uh, is uh Uh, used in over 300 reactions in your body. It is uh, something that is needed for many different things. I've actually had people with high blood pressure uh, that uh, their blood pressure improved just by taking magnesium. So magnesium deficiency can help with other things, but uh, it can also help with your sleep. Uh, some people take uh, baths as far as, uh, you know, with Epsom salt and things like that. And it kind of like uh, penetrates through your skin. So some people can do that. Uh, I personally I just take a pill with it. And it's just easier for me to do it that way. Uh, the second supplement that we're going to talk about is your melatonin. Now, on the Dutch test, which we talked about with the hormone test, it actually gives you your melatonin uh, level. So uh, some people think... You know that they need melatonin, but uh, they are producing enough of it, and it's other reasons that is causing the the issues. So I wouldn't jump to take a melatonin, because more often than not, people are are um, are, are producing enough melatonin. It's just other things are keeping them up. Yeah, you know, melatonin does other things besides helping you sleep. We may do a podcast on that at some point. So. Uh, you know, melatonin may be something that may be beneficial. Uh, it's the most common thing as far as like uh, people buy over the counter for uh, sleep. You know, if you think about it, um, you know, melatonin is a hormone and you can't really go buy a hormone, another hormone, I don't think, at the drugstore uh, over the counter. You know, you can't go buy testosterone or estrogen or cortisol or anything like that. It requires a prescription. But melatonin, which is a hormone, um, can be bought over the counter. So I, I bring that out because I want you to understand that it's more than just taking something to help you sleep. It's a hormone. It's something that, you know, uh, probably does other things in your body. Uh, you know, one thing that I've learned over the, year, over the last couple of years was uh, melatonin in kids is probably not a great idea because it may lead to 
uh, delayed uh, puberty and because uh, it interferes with some of the sex hormones with the, with the kids. So, you know, something to be um, considered. Uh, so just don't jump and um, uh, get whatever it is at the pharmacy that they, they have there for sleep. Know that there are risks and benefits to everything that you take. Uh, fourth, uh, third thing is uh, GABA. You know, we talked about GABA with alcohol, you know, it helps increase your uh, GABA production, but you can also take GABA as a supplement as well too. And that helps with the rest and relaxation. I don't have this one on here, uh, but there's one called phosphatidylserine uh, that can help with like racing thoughts. So that's another issue uh, that we can discuss at some point, um, but uh, it may help with the sleep as well too. And the last thing is L-theanine. L-theanine is something that uh, helps with uh, anxiety. It helps as far as uh, um, helping people calm, uh, especially uh, in their mind, from their mind racing and things like that. So it may be helpful with you as far as the sleep to put you into a mode uh, to be able to sleep uh, a little bit better because you're more rest and relaxated. So hopefully this has helped. You know, this is our uh, wrap up um, uh, podcast for uh, Sleep November. Um, you know, I really would uh, encourage you to follow the recommendations that we that we talked about. A lot of those don't cost anything to do. Uh, they're just uh, a change in your lifestyle, a change of way of doing things. And again, if you have troubles with this later uh, and you're trying to do all these recommendations and you're still not getting where you want to go, then that's the time to reach out to someone and uh, we can we can reach out to us and we can see what we can do. Have a, uh, we can sit down and have a conversation, see if it helps, see if there's anything we can do that we think that we can help. And then we can go from there. But let's turn our attention to the catechisms. It says, what is righteousness? Now, we hear the word righteousness in the Bible a lot. And a lot of people don't understand what righteousness is. And it, it basically, it is God's goodness. It is the goodness of God. Uh, it is nothing from us. It, it is his righteousness. It is his goodness. So when we, when we think about righteousness, uh, we think about how good God is. And then we, um, what I think about is uh, how I don't deserve everything that I, I have. But by God's goodness and by God's grace, uh, he has blessed us uh, over. And um, hopefully we are a blessing to you guys. And um, I know that uh, we feel like uh, we are able to serve in a way uh, that is uh, hopefully beneficial to improve your life here. But ultimately, we want to um, have the message that uh, it is God's righteousness and is through Jesus Christ is the only way that we can get to heaven. And that uh, we just encourage you uh, to uh, reach out uh, to us if you have questions uh, or your local church or, or your local pastor. And, um, you know, make sure that they're a Bible-believing, God-fearing uh, church that believes that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And then maybe they can reach, uh, they can help you in uh, whatever it is that you're going through. Anyway, uh, that's wrapping up uh, November and for sleep. If you have questions about anything, let us know. Remember, uh, podcast is going to be changing next uh, month or so, uh, and we'll let you know the details about that. And remember, if you need information on our upcoming book, uh, we would love to get that to you and uh, connect with you in whatever way that you need to be connected with. But anyway, you guys have a great day, and remember, be fit and be faithful.
This podcast is for informational purposes only. No patient-provider relationship is implied or established. This podcast in no way represents the practice of medicine. The information given is to be used at the listener's own risk. Please consult your provider before making any changes, as the contents of this podcast is no substitution for your provider's instruction.